Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Welcome to 51 First Dates. I'm Liza. And I'm Kimmy. And we are doing an experiment. And talking about dating. And love. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Cheers. Cheers. Hi, everybody. I'm Liza. And I'm Kimmy. And this is what... (laughs) What is this? It's been so long, I forgot how to say it. Oh, this is... Five one first dates. This is fifty one first dates, a podcast that has been absent for a few weeks, and we're here to talk about that. We're here to, you know, bring it to the red table. Red table, talk it. <laughs> what if it was something like really juicy and dramatic? What if I? What if I was like, Kimmy and I, you know, like got into a fight and we sued each other, and it's you know it was messy and whatever. I don't know. I wish it was a good story. We both just got like raucously overwhelmed and we really appreciate all of your patience with us. Yeah, they're like just straight up. We there is a a section on our outline. Yeah, we have an outline that says addressing our absence. So we're here to address our absence. And uh, I will give us credit. Our personal lives have each gotten insane in happy and sad ways. But yeah, we didn't get in a big fight. We didn't, Liza's engagement didn't end. I did not break up with date 13. If you're here for the juice, well, there's none. Sorry. The juice uh, is more of like, we're, we are, we're doing too much stuff. Exactly. We're doing too much stuff and uh, life, life. And, you know, I wrote, some of you were really sweet and reached out and I was like, I'm so sorry. And this isn't our full-time job. And it's not. And it, it won't be, you know, that that time, that, that ship sailed in like 2018. But um, it's still really fun. And we're really grateful for you being here and being patient with us. And we're going to keep things fun today. We are going to have a big old fat consumption corner where we talk about all the juicy bits that we want to talk about. We're going to force you to listen to us recap Love is Blind really, really late. No, we're not going to recap Love is Blind. We are going to talk about our highs and lows. We are going to just like check in, check in on the cast because that was a fun watch. We'll do some some questions, some quick hit. What are they? I don't even remember what that section is called. One hit wonders or something. One hit wonders. Yeah, one hit wonder questions. Let's call them quickies. Quickies. Oh, Liza. My God. Look at us. I mean, only took three months or something for me to think (laughs) of a name that was like, okay. We'll do our quickies and then we will also get into some fun stuff. One is a thread from at Soho Satan on Twitter about the strange things men do on dates. It's a great Twitter thread that went pretty viral and we're going to read some of them because of course we have to. 
Pia, send us your worst first date stories. And then we're going to talk about being an ambitious woman and dating. For the men out there, we're going to try to... This is a very heteronormative episode. I'm going to go ahead and say that at the top. Uh, A dear two-time guest of ours, Hannah Orenstein, and my old editor for a brief moment when I worked in uh, trying to be a writer... Uh, Hannah Orenstein is has an article in the cut right now that is also going viral. I have seen so many people post it called My Ambition Turns Off More Men Than It Attracts. So this inspired us to really just talk about ambition, men, no, <laughs> ambition and dating with whether you're a woman or a man, but I think just the dynamics and the history of, uh, you know, gender in the U.S. specifically, being a woman who's really successful and how that you know, works itself out in dating. So that is the tea. That's the juicy things. That is all the juice. Um, I love it. I have nothing great to add except you can follow us on Instagram at 51firststatespod. You can email us at 51firststatespod at gmail.com. You can rate, subscribe, review. You can join our secret Facebook group. You can email us your thoughts, your feelings, your questions about dating, life, womanhood, therapy, vaginas uh I don't know anything not vaginas we're not doctors we're not opinions. you can ask about them but don't expect yeah anything you should like then take action from so yeah correct cool yeah um and that's it you want to do some consumption I will go first I have none it's all you <laughs> uh. I've, I've been in the least consuming place of in my entire life which is like the only thing I want to be doing is consuming content. So I'm exci- I'm really excited to hear your recommendations. It's been so long. And first, I just want to say this is not – I consumed a lot of food in Mexico City. And to every human who's not been to Mexico City, someone's priority told you to go there. But I would move there in a heartbeat. Uh, I love it. And you must go. So that's number one. But I, ha- I am excited, Liza, because there is a show – that I feel so strongly about personally and feel so strongly that you will really enjoy. And even if I hype it up too much and you don't like it, you can be honest, you can tell me. But I've only heard people really liking it. And that show is called Life and Beth on Hulu. It's the new Amy Schumer show. Oh my God, I'm dying to watch it. Is it amazing? Ah, okay. Is it amazing? It is very good. It is about... Also, Liza's Bachelorette is going to be on Long Island. There is a lot of Long Island in this show. I would like you. You know Love. that, right? Oh, my God. I do, but that's all I know. Long Island. I don't know. I, that's literally all I know. The, the words know Long anything. Island. That's it? That's it. Okay. Yeah. Great. Oh, my God. Are you short? I didn't spoil I, something. That would be insane. I, I asked. I swear <laughs> to you. No, 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 no. That's the Live only. On that's, tape. that's truly the only thing I know. My. This is a funny story, so I'll tell it briefly. My sister, Sarah, my cousin, Katie, who is also just like, you know, both of them are like some of my best friends on earth. Um, They were involving me heavily in bachelorette planning early on. And they sent me like a bunch of options for Airbnbs and different cities and lots of like ideas and pitches. And like they they put so much work into it and so much thought into it. And I became the most indecisive mess of a human I was like losing sleep over like oh my god but then this is a bit but if this person has to fly but that doesn't have to fly and this and this and the money and the, like I was like they they were like gently checking in with me every couple days and I would send them paragraphs in response in return 
Like I have had no neuroses, I don't think, about the wedding. But this, I just for whatever reason, I was like, I'm going to put every goddamn neurosis I have on this. And they very smartly, at one point, Katie called me and was like, hey, um, we're taking you out of the loop on this. We're just going to plan something. And you're just going to, we'll just tell you where to go and when and like what to pack. And then you can't know anything. Else. So it's not, so it's a surprise because of how much of a mess I was. It's just like who? God, I thought I confirmed I this, but okay. No, that, I'm that's spiraling. truly the one thing they told me because we they had to we had to. I was like, how long is it going to take? Whatever. They were like, it's on an island. It's like this many hours away. I know that. Just Long Island. That's all you. Know. Just that's it. That's okay. All I know. Then this show is not necessarily representative. Oh my god, I am so glad I didn't run my mouth further. Also, bless, bless, bless your sister and Katie. But I have some beef with them because I thought you knew one more step I almost said the place not it's not well, that dramatic. I kind of think Sarah sort of I, I think I sort of know but I'm not positive okay. and then Sarah was like let's not talk about it but yeah. got it okay well guys sorry that this is <laughs> this is this is um real life happening in front of you sorry I just thought I ruined everything you ruined anyway you could watch the show and it would not ruin anything like I don't it's not even totally descript where on Long Island, Amy Schumer grew up, but it is a fantastic show. Uh, I don't want to get there's a there's a mother daughter dynamic, a sister dynamic, a relationship dynamic. I think it's fantastic. I laugh out loud and I feel moved in episodes, and I highly recommend it. It is on Hulu. It's an unbiased review, though. I I love it, and I'm so excited. I have more. Um, <laughs> for kind of a, a like network TV watch that is fantastic as well. If you have not seen Abbott Elementary, from uh, it's on ABC, also on Hulu. Next day, I promise this is not sponsored by anything but my love for this show. It is just easy breezy comedy, but also smart comedy. Very like Community, The Office, but set in an elementary school. The performances are great. Principal Ava is my favorite. Uh, I just, something is very comforting about watching that kind of half hour sitcom or, you know, mockumentary and having it feel so fresh. Like after we've had everybody do it in every way. And I'm pretty just, I I can't recommend it enough. Uh, And two more. Watch Deep Water. You know you want to. Ben Affleck, Ana de Armas, and don't forget Jacob Bellorti. These are a little more sponsored um, by me. <laughs> and then for our dating crew, there is a movie on Hulu I will recommend to you if you are not too squeamish. It is called Fresh. It is something I don't want to give you any detail on, but it is about relationships in a way that gets really horror gross so just be careful if that's not your vibe but I would like you to check it out so dude oh my god my friend um one of my good pals from my MFA program is like sees every movie and he he just like got virtual passes to Sundance and I think he watched like 37 movies or something like he just stayed up all like he nobody loves movies more than this than this human and his favorite movie out of Sundance was Fresh. He's <gasps> been talking about it since then. Yeah. Okay. Well, shout out, support it. Um, it's there's like there are TikTok trends too right now. I it, just like I'm just I just have to give the disclaimer, but also like even if you're squeamish, watch it. 
watch it. Uh, you can close your eyes. I certainly did. Okay. <laughs> that is so much, Liza. But I, the big one for me, for you, in the coming weeks when you have some time is life and Beth. I can't wait. I'm like, yeah. I, I like really want to tear into some TV. And I've also heard really good things about Abbott Elementary. All of the things you listed are things that I've been like, ooh, yeah. But you saying them makes me want to watch them more because I trust your taste so deeply. Um, Love it. I can't wait. Okay, what about Love is Blind? We obviously said we were going to do a whole episode. It's kind of like the moment <laughs> sort of passed. But I just feel like we could do like a rosé and thorn of Love is Blind. But like I would make the rule that the the ro- rose and thorn. If you're new, I'm this is for rose and thorn, aka like a high point and a low point. But we turned it into rose and thorn because like you know we're millennials. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but I okay. So my stipulation in this rose and thorn is that I don't think that it can be a person because like obviously Shake. like you know shakes the worst and deep tea's the best like we we know this yeah so it's I feel like it's got to be like a moment or something that you remember from that that you know uh that whatever stands out as really really good or bad okay. I can go first if you want yes I need to because I've thought about it a little bit okay more. and I am gonna okay like my low is a shake moment but I'm calling out a specific one I hope I hope you'll allow it. We love specifics. Okay. This podcast. So my low was at the, okay, obviously Shake sucks when he was in the pods in the first place and he was saying all this stuff about kind of lifting his shoulders like sucks. But I feel like he really was like becoming more vulnerable and mm-hmm. confident when he was dating Deep Tea and I really saw this change in him. So my low of the whole show was right after Deep Tea said she was not going to marry him and then they did his interview and he was like, whatever. It's fine. It's not a big deal. I was going to say no. I don't know. I got no I have reservations at Nobu on Sunday. So that's that's what's going on. Because for me, obviously outside of being an incredibly toolish statement, it was like I saw in real time this like personal growth that I thought Shake was going into and like obviously Shake is raucously insecure. It doesn't excuse his actions, but like he's wildly insecure. And Deep D's very confident. And I think she was starting to, like, pull him into a place where he was like, oh, I can be myself. And people will like me. And I thought he was really lovely to her family and really, like, wasn't puffing himself up and whatever. And then we just saw in that moment it just, like, he snapped back to being a dick. And that was, like, so disappointing because I I really thought he had changed. Mm Mm-hmm. And then my high, I actually don't have a high. Do you have, I, I will think of one. I'll do my low while you think of one. Okay. If okay. That's okay. Helpful. Totally. I think my low, and I totally agree with yours. I feel like in real time we saw someone's insecurities make them flip to this toxic behavior they think makes them cool. I don't know if you've yes. seen Liza, but he's dating like a Miami cute little hot blonde model. Like it just is all like Nobu. It's she's the Nobu of who he would date next. You know what I mean? Like totally. Nobu isn't even that cool. I mean, no, the one in Malibu is pretty effing cool. But um, I just yeah, I, I hear you. I agree. Yeah, no. My low was that despite all of the conversations around bodies and weight and body image and all of that that were really moving, everyone who made it to the next round that we saw, that made the final cut, 
had lost weight if they were talking about their yes. bodies. And none of the people with like anybody that wasn't like super standard hot body in my opinion, at least like for, I don't know, I don't, I, that's a weird thing to say because I don't want to disqualify, I'm overthinking this, like people's insecurities about their bodies, but like everyone had conventionally good bodies in, in yeah. U.S. standards, right? Yes. And it felt frustrating that we, they couldn't even like in the final cut include one couple where they didn't have like fit bodies. Yes. I think that 100%. feels. They were talking about all this weight up. loss. They even showed us people who were plus size yep. in the intro and then we never saw them again. Yeah, yeah. Totally. So that's my love. It was. Yeah. That's a really, really good one. Um, I think my high is the uh, respect between. Um, the respect and communication between some of the friends on this show. Mm. I had real moments where I was like Jarrett talking to Sal, where I was, you know, where I was like, I felt like, and you know, maybe there was a little bit of like judging of the truth, but I felt like they respected each other. And instead of like doing the bachelor thing where they get into fights and like puff their chests up and whatever, they were able to talk and be like, Hey, I really like you. We have interest in the same woman. This is tricky, but we're going to, like, navigate this. And I feel like I also saw this between the women at different points, the way the women, like, supported each other in the finale. And, um, like, I just feel like it was a it was a refreshing change. Obviously, the show dug into drama. But I feel like overall and outside of, like, Shayna and all of that fucking noise, they kept the drama to the relationships and they – tried not to dig in too much to like um people competing with members of the same sex which I I don't know I feel like I'm wording this weirdly and and now that I'm saying it I'm rethinking I'm like wait were there moments when they did that but I just felt like overall I saw a lot of respect especially between like you know the from the females to the females and the males to the males which I really enjoyed yeah and Liza did you watch the reunion I did which was incredible because it like heightened how I feel like that came out a little bit more in the reunion even across like the women and the men like totally they I don't know like the way everyone was Jarrett got a weird edit where it seemed like he was you know maybe not as much of like deep D like team deep D I forget what happened because it's been that long we're sorry but then it came out like no he really was like letting her know that he didn't think that shake had the right intentions and all of that so yeah totally yeah it's funny it almost made the reunion like kind of boring because everyone was just like nope we respectfully settled this off camera and I feel really good about where it's at and I was like correct you guys are correct humans and it's just as much as it didn't make for an amazing like Andy Cohen-esque reunion special but also like the Lachey's are no Andy Cohen they did um, better in the reunion, though, than they did. Well, they don't really do anything. The <laughs> I, like, think that Netflix should save their money. That's mean. But I was like, I don't know. Can we get Andy Cohen to host it? No, that's not Always. Fine. Always. Uh, God bless him. <laughs> I love him so much. I can't help it. I know. it's He's he's perfect. Uh, um, all right. What about you? Do you have a high? I think my high, and this is obviously, this is not the actual high. This will be more of a rosé. Actually, that feels right because it's not like bright pink. (laughs) Is that kind of on the flip side of your low with shake 
is what I saw in moments from Shane. He was not a great human, but I feel like he was dealing with like all these insecurities and like a loss and these feelings about how he should act as a man and some anger, I think. Mm -hmm. But he was like, and we still don't know what happened fully with him and Natalie. But I feel like even though he couldn't quite do it right, he was trying to work through that. And so I feel like uh, seeing my my rosé is kind of like seeing people work through their shit on reality TV in a productive way because yeah. I didn't include this in my consumption corner, but 90 Day Fiance is pretty great right now or like a lot of the couples are. It's just insane. But obviously not working through their shit in a great way. You know what I mean? Totally. <laughs> and something about seeing him actually try on a reality show you brought up The Bachelor. I will say, Liza, I watched like the last I, – oh, I guess I only tuned in for one, but then I listened to podcasts. I watched like the most dramatic episode, I thought, of the end of The Bachelor this season. And I think this is the season we honestly should have been watching. Like it's very weird what went down. I don't even know who the lead is. Who's the lead His right name now? is Clayton. Col- Clayton. Clayton. Colton. Oh, know. my God. I'm so – I'm so out of the It is, but it is like there he told all three women he was in love with him. Spoiler alert, if you, it, it's it's over. So Damn. it was wild. There it the way it ended, I again didn't watch. I guess I really watched like two episodes towards the end when mm, they're like okay. in Iceland and like fantasy suites and then the next one. And mm, the girls okay. are just like he couldn't have handled it more poor more poorly or worse. And I just I guess what I appreciated, which didn't happen, I only saw clips. I didn't watch it in the memes. Like on the finale, he basically like ended up with the girl who had been like, I don't know. Like, I don't know how he got her back. Anyway, all of you who have watched, I'm sorry that I, I didn't really watch this season, but we should have, Liza. This was like, sound like a good one. Uh, but he was not, he did not seem to have worked on himself at all. Like just from like understanding how it landed, like in those moments, it was really frustrating to watch this guy like with very similar like Shane vibes. Like he, they honestly look alike. Not mm. like at least Shane was trying to push through this thing, even though he yeah. like kind of didn't know how. And I, I don't know. Yeah, I felt the same way. Shane was a very frustrating character because I also felt like I know a lot of people were down on Shane and Natalie's relationship. And again, we don't know what was said or what went or what happened in that fight that was like off camera before the night before the wedding. But I felt like Shane and Natalie were the couple that was enjoying each other the most. Mm -hmm. They were constantly laughing. They were I think they they seemed like they were talking really well. The scene where Shane was preparing to meet her family. Like I was really impressed by the way he was like gave her space and helped her. Like, wanting to help her through a tough time, but also wanting to give her the space to do what she needed to do with her family. Like, there were moments where I just was really impressed with, like, their – the way they were with each other. And I thought there was a lot of joy and fun with them that I didn't see with any other couple, I don't think. And I was Mm -hmm. really, like, rooting for them. Of course, if Shane was, like, you know, verbally – I don't know. I don't want to say verbally abusive. But I can understand having a huge fight when why natalie that got nasty why natalie would be like i'm not gonna do this yeah but I, yeah i felt like with shane i kept being like oh my god you're like you're gonna break through you're gonna you're gonna beat this like basic broiness exactly. or whatever but then he um, couldn't swing the baseball bat and he really lost his shit <laughs> i feel like that's that's the root of it all so 
so funny and so fucked up. I was just like, damn, masculinity's a bitch. I think the fight I was that know. night. I'm just saying. Yeah, I feel like he was pushing against the masculinity, whereas Shake like might not even have as much as he like wants to have and was leaning into it. And that's the yeah. like the difference, the gap for me. A hundred percent. Um yeah. wow, if you're still listening, we love you. <laughs> because love you. So much content talk. I will just say um, as a just a takeaway for anyone who has not seen this show, Deep D and Shake. Deep D was like the one we were all rooting for. She was so cool. She is the one with this. This is not the right metric, but like most followers, like every single person was rooting for her, like celebrities, everybody. Yeah. She emerged as like the, the hero yep. of this show. Yeah. And the reason is because she went to the altar despite like trying so hard with this guy who like just made her feel like she wasn't enough, but all he sent all the mixed signals. She said, no, I choose myself. And like, there was a real reason, I think, for some of that championing of her. Not that she, like, ruled anyways throughout the season. But I just want you to think about the guy who, like, you feel like you weren't enough for or you or the woman who you weren't enough for. She was like, uh, uh. And you actually, in your gut, your deepest, deepest gut, were like, but you're not actually that cool and you think you are. I want you to think about, like, leaving or even if you're not with that person, when, when it ended, maybe I'm talking to myself right now. It felt like, oh, I'm not an – or I uh, I should even be able to get that person even if I think they're kind of shitty, you know? That's, like, not what people would cheer for. People cheer for you being like, no, I'm good. I'm not going to spend any of my time with anybody who doesn't a thousand percent want to be around me because God knows. I've said God so many times. That's weird. But mm-hmm. things get – you when you spend more time and more time with someone, you have to really love them a hundred a thousand percent you have to be all the way in and they have to be all the way in with you because you do not want to be living your days in this tough time of life that we live in with anybody making you feel even one percent insecure they need to be your entire champion 100 percent. and it's funny because yeah I mean exactly like you said we root for people who choose themselves like you know I I know someone recently who's out of a long-term relationship and my first thought when I heard that was like, I'm so proud of them mm. because it was not right. You know, when it's like that, it's hard. It's I've had hard that to admit that. Yep, yeah. With a friend. I'm, I'm like, you are a badass. Like, yeah, you are. it's fucking great to, to be to to say, like, I'm going to choose to be single and happier. And that is a choice and we've all seen other people make it and thought it was badass I think so mm-hmm. we've gotta do that to ourselves too boom that's my sermon we're out just kidding we're <laughs> gonna do our quickies and then we're gonna take a quick ad break a quickie ad break quickies all right Liza quick okay. questions quick answers especially now that we spoke so much about I know right I'm gonna be fault. so fast it's my fault Okay. It's not your fault. How do I stop myself from caring so much early on, even when I know I don't like the person? Actually, really relevant. Didn't know our conversation previously. Totally. Um, Go to therapy. Yeah. Because the reason you care so much when you don't like the person is because you think that their judgment of you equals your worth, and it doesn't. And the best way to understand why you are thinking that way is in therapy. And I would add that I think that maybe you're just thinking about dating. You know, everyone says the scarcity mindset, but like I don't align with all the all the theories out there. But I do think when I was dating, I felt like, well, this person 
likes me and it's going somewhere and we've gotten past the third date so like this is the way to keep it going but that's not we have to be deep d's like we have to be like nope not working like I don't even know if I like this person I'm like using this to validate something else connecting right back Mm -hmm. to what Liza said 100% yep okay number two rough body time how to get through it I've been having a lot of those lately I feel that I need to work out again. So I started this week. No, that's not how you get through it. I think here's the thing that I've been thinking about lately. And it's a very, I had a friend, you know, talking about turning 30. And I was trying to just impart like it actually is better. It's so stupid what everyone tells you, but it it is better. You care less about this, this kind of stuff. And I think I'm trying to apply about anything, body aside. I think I'm trying to kind of apply that mentality I tell other people about 30 is not scary it's actually great I don't know how to put it in words but it's actually you just stop caring I'm mm-hmm. trying to make myself do that with my body like I will catch myself this is not very helpful I'll catch myself though like I'll hop on the scale or that first throw away the scale <laughs> I'll hop on the scale or I'll feel bloated after a weekend and instead of letting myself go down the path I just I don't know how to explain it shut it down in my mind You know, I'm just like, not right now, later. I actually just maybe postpone it. And there are probably better ways to deal with that. But for me, it's like if I go down the spiral, that's when it gets dark. That's when it gets closer to eating disorder patterns. I need to just be like, or I have a body and I'm grateful for it. And I hate when other people tell me that. But somehow when I tell myself that, like it's healthy, I need to just say, okay. Yeah. I don't know. This lies to do better than me. I just... No, I don't have like any kind of magical wisdom, but I think that like something that I've been focusing on a lot is that my body is a vessel to carry me through this life and it works really well and I'm really lucky for that. And so I've been really trying to focus on how I feel instead of how I look. Mm-hmm. because it's easy I'm getting married in like less than two months and I did not do any kind of like wedding diet or wedding shred or whatever I just decided Good. I'm gonna look the way I look and but I have been trying to take care of myself because I I need an absolute maximum of energy to get through my days right now I have been working like 12 to 15 hour days for weeks and I need I need energy So I've been thinking about what I eat and even just like trying to walk places or getting sunshine or drinking water and thinking about like I am so lucky to be doing so many things that I feel passionate about in my life. Like that makes me so happy and my body is a vessel that allows me to do the things that I love that I've worked so hard to do. So like I'm trying to give it input that feels like it will support it in what it's meant to do, which is to like carry me through this beautiful life I get to live. So that is my hippie sermonizing on that. But that's like whenever I start to look at it and start to feel critical of how it looks, I bring it back to like, I really, really like my life and my body carries me through my life. Yeah. No, I think it's the only way to think about it in a weird way. Like it, it's not hippie. Your body can also, like, of of no, something you have no control over can, like, unfortunately turn on you or just not turn on you but just get sick. And I think that we need to just 
I'm not trying to bully us into appreciating your body, but what Liza said is really important and helps me too. Yeah, just to just start being like, yeah, okay, I have a body. Thank God I have a body. Yeah, totally. Otherwise, I, yeah. Okay, what do you do if you don't like your friend's boyfriend, like, at all? <laughs> um. Okay, I feel like I have said this before, but it always bears repeating. If the person is physically or emotionally abusive, you should contact your friend's family members or you need to find a way to, like, um, get involved and uh, – try to keep your friends safe if you just don't like their personality you should not tell your friend or talk about it because it's a losing game unfortunately yeah unless your friend asks if your friend asks I mean then you still have to decide but that's a thing or if you feel that you can sort of be like how do you feel are you happy are you whatever but I think you should also focus on like do I not like him because he chews loudly or I think he's has an annoying sense of humor or whatever? Or do I not like him because I think he's a bad person? Am I focusing on my friend's happiness and not just my expectation of who I thought he or she would date? You know? Yeah. No, it's Liza said it best and short and sweet. I will add, I have, I feel like I've talked about this recently, so sorry if this is a similar question to what we've done. But in times where I was even asked, like it was solicited advice and maybe more serious relationships. I don't know. This is friend's boyfriend. It's so hard to be honest because the thing is if you don't have any control over what happens next, so then you may have to be at their wedding, you know, and it's it's like maybe the hardest part. This is like a heart rending part of friendship. And I think you like more shows first Hollywood. I'm looking at the Hollywood sign right now. Actually, on my window, it's very far away. But Hollywood, make shows about this. Like, I feel like the complexities of, I don't know, it feels like a, you start to feel like maybe you aren't as close with your friend, but that's not what this means at all. And you don't know their relationship. And it's actually like, like we do with our family. Like, having just certain places you you do or do not go or things that you accept about someone like like maybe look at this as something you accept about them again not talking about anything abusive just like if you feel like they're not great like you don't have to pump them up about this person you can be honest but just know like if you're too honest then it gets frustrating when they never break up with this person even though all you want is the best for them you have no control over it and it sucks And you have to, if you're going to say something, you have to be willing to lose your friend. You That's like a risk you have to yeah. understand that you're taking. Because people in love, you know, they're going to make the choices they will make. And I've seen this happen where like friendships end over over these conversations. So I think the best, the biggest thing is to think about how to support your friend who you care about and love. And then remind yourself if you have a boyfriend or a husband just how like I don't know it's weird to say this but maybe be grateful that like you you would not it's hard to say because I think I it's easy for me to think I wouldn't be so offended that I would break up a friendship if they told me bad feedback but I guess maybe just credit yourself for being like a really good friend and thoughtful and thinking it through and being worried about your friend and being compassionate like 
that's cool. You're good. And you would want feedback even if you wouldn't actually want it. It's just nice that you've thought about it. Like, I don't know. Give yourself yeah. credit for thinking about it. It's Yeah, totally. I mean, I think that like, yeah. And it's not like I think people would like cut, like cut off ties immediately. Like if you said something. No. I just think it's, it can cause a crack that can never really repair. Mm-hmm. And like, I've experienced this too, not over talking about boyfriends, but over like, getting really truthful in friendships and just it never gets back to the way it was but like I don't I guess I also don't regret that was more about like the way a friend was treating me but and I don't like regret that necessarily Mm -hmm. because I was like standing up for myself but also like you just have to understand that sometimes if you are are creating a division between your friend and you and their significant other that division is going to be very hard to reseal. Yep. Yeah. Oh, it's so tough. Ugh. Okay, last one. Have a plus one to a wedding where I won't know anyone else. Do I bring someone? My first instinct is no. But. Okay. It's not because I don't think you should be able to. You can invite anyone you want. You can invite me to your wedding. Like as your plus one. 100%. I just think. There is something to be said for going to a wedding solo and just feeling it out. Now, I say this without having done it. Have I done it? Liza, it's been with you, so that's not so Yeah, we've all. been each other's <laughs> dates, and it's been. See, that's, see this was, that was my thing. Was I was like, bring a friend, dude, and yeah. have a fucking blast. But I'm also less socially gifted than Kimmy is. Like, I feel like no. I would put you – no, 100%. I could put you at a table with anyone and you guys are going to have like a great chat, a good time. You're going to find friends to dance with. You're going to whatever. I feel like I have a lot of social anxiety and I would be like, I would like, I would like have be fine at dinner when there was talking, but during dancing and stuff, I would probably hide or like go back to my room and be like, okay. Like no, I just, no, I, I struggle. Liza, no, no, sorry. <laughs> I did this thing with friends. I highly recommend. Uh, Liza, we have maybe participated in one, but a compliment circle, like shout out to Sarah Winter, like just we all gave each other. We sat at this restaurant in Mexico and gave each other compliments and then you had to give yourself a compliment. Cut to five hours later, we're all crying, eating tuna tostadas, drinking margaritas, but it was really sweet and emotional and I just recommend doing this if you're like on a girl's weekend or something. Oh my, my God, can we my bachelorette party? Uh, obviously, already in the works in my mind. Ah! And like, sorry that I just spoiled it. Sorry, Katie. No, I love again. it. Oh my God. Shit. I love no. talking up other people. <laughs> I love telling people what I love about them. And it's sometimes people are like, okay, Liza, Jesus, we That's get it thing. with the feelings. You do. And one of the things I love about you would absolutely be that I would never fucking worry about you. Like this was like a couple. I would not worry about you introducing you to literally anyone. You would... I would want you to that also feel. That means a lot coming from you. Ugh. I feel like I would be, I'm okay talking. But the second I have to like, this is why I'm bad on dates. A bar or a meal, okay. But the second it's like, let's go bowling or let's do an activity. I'm like, ah. So like dancing with a group of strangers at a wedding literally like is giving me like heart palpitations well I also couldn't do that either maybe that's when you take your edible and go to bed or you like you like lot lot 
log on, <laughs> latch yourself on to like a fun couple or a fun totally. person, rando. Uh, or you text your friend beforehand and you're like, who are the other like fun single people? And don't ask your friend to put them at the same table because tables are the most stressful part about planning a wedding. I'm slowly realizing. Oh, shit. And t- yeah. but it, it's fine. It'll be totally fine. But B, like just ask and they'll be like, these are your homies. Like, these are the people you're going to hang out with. And then I've already match made a couple people like who I'm like, OK, you guys don't really know anyone else, but I'm going to tell you guys about each other and you're going to be buddies. I'm into that. There were there is a wedding I'm in where there are kind of like little like fun CVs on the website. It's very adorable. And our little pictures. And I was like, oh, this is like, you know, some of your pictures. But I was like, oh. This is a matchmaking tool. I don't actually know if it is, so shout out to my dear friend if that's not what it was, but that's what Tony said. He was like, this is totally so people can figure out if they're single or not and, like, you know, scope. I was like, oh, okay. But it's also a smart way to, like, I'm having this realization where I'm like, oh, my God, there's so many people who I'm excited to meet each other, but, like, they're not just accidentally going to meet because there's going to be, like, 180 people there or something. So I'm like – so literally, like, the other night I was – I was ha- at a friend's birthday dinner. I was like, you have to meet this person. I'm going to make sure I didn't remind me. And you're like, I hate you guys have to hang out. I know you're going to be friends. But like, I'm obsessed with it. It's just like two women in my life from totally different spheres who I'm like, you have to meet. And if you don't, I'm going to be so sad. So it's like, Liza, yeah. do you know what I will do? Because you will be very bu- busy on your wedding day. If you want to write a little list, I will try to <gasps> orchestrate that. If I know the oh people my or if, they, if I can Google them easily. <laughs> I would love that. Also, you probably know the highest amount of people. You know, like all the New York people, all my friends, like Northwestern and high school, most of my family – like, you have a really high knowledge base. You know what I mean? I think maybe. And I'm sure there are people. But I think on the flip side, people recognize my face more. Because <laughs> we were Dude. doing so many videos together. A hundred So I could, I could be that. I could be that. I don't know what you would call that. I don't need an official title. But I, like, would love to make that happen for you. Because you're going to be Oh, my God. I love that. Okay. I love okay. that. We'll work on a plan. This weekend. We'll, we'll, we'll work on it. <laughs> Drunkenly. <laughs> we'll workshop it. Okay. We are. Um, thank let's you for take letting an ad us break. catch up live. Uh, we're going to take an ad break. A quickie ad break. Quickie. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, we're back. We are back to talk about ambition and dating. And specifically, Hannah Orenstein's My Ambition Turns Off More Men Than It Attracts article in the cut. It is an excellent article. Please go read it. How do we want to start this convo off? Because I really want to center it on this article because it's it's in, it's incredible writing that really like digs in deeper than I think a lot of people usually do when they think about, oh, ambitious women have hard times dating. Yeah, I feel like this article, I mean, Hannah's fucking awesome. She's so smart and so, like, just, like, unbelievably cool and stylish and accomplished. And I just think she's um, she's the real deal. But 
I feel like what I love about this article is just the nuance in it. Like, I feel like she understands, like, we are in a very different generation than our mothers, certainly than our grandmothers. And, you know, our daughters, LOL, don't have any, may not ever, but will have it different than us. Like, we do occupy, as many women in the last couple hundred years do, a very specific point in time of femininity. But I think that there's something with this article that really captures, like, what our moment is of being a woman and struggling with um, the way that our success can make men feel insecure. Yeah. Uh, like she really gets at the little kind of like tiny things that people say to us that minimize us. Yeah. And that gonna, you can't really call them out on. Can we read? Uh, let's start with the first anecdote in the article momentarily. But Liza, I want to just ask you – Zooming out, I'm actually zooming out to when we started this podcast. What was your impression, like in those tiny moments on a date or meeting someone you thought was cute, how did you hide or not hide your quote-unquote ambition or the things you were super proud about? And how did you think they would be received, like generally across the board? What was that like for you? I always talk down I, I always minimize and talk down about everything I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I'm actually like in a really active therapy process right now of trying not to do that because I'm really proud of all the things I'm doing and all the things I do. And the habit of being like, I don't know, it's just fucking dumb. I'm like old and I'm trying to make films is like so weird. And I'm just so tired of that in myself. But that's basically what I've doing. I've been doing always. It's just like, I don't know. I'm a dumb fucking idiot. I don't have a real job. I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. Like that was my way of kind of like explaining a non-traditional career and dealing with my insecurities around a non-traditional career and like financial instability to other people. And something that came along with that is that I think it was really easy for men to see me as like not that serious or threatening or successful or ambitious or like I don't know um creatively or professionally valuable yeah what about you well it's so funny because I've told Liza this but like we had not exactly the same in fact Liza had a lot more legitimate experiences in and and or workplace experiences and and career choices that felt way more legitimate than anything I had done. But we started a company together and then in going to business school, predominantly male, uh, and starting to tell my story, you know, in interviews, it it was like it was a non, it was no longer a choice to to talk it down, right? And so I've shared that with you. I'm like, wait, Mm -hmm. we actually have accomplished so much more than we ever let ourselves fucking say. And even this podcast. I remember when you were doing these interviews, you would be like, I don't know. I'm just like lying and saying we like work with these companies or not. You didn't say you were lying. You were like, I'm just like making it sound like we did all this stuff. And then you would list out stuff we had actually done. And I was like, Kimmy, we did all that stuff. Yeah. And you'd be like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're right. No. Yeah, we did. But it was like we both we both had this thing. Yeah, it's really hard to just own the thing and feel like, oh, yeah, no, I built that. I did that. Just because our company is not, you know, Theranos, and thank God. (laughs) But seriously, like, we were – it's like we still did the thing we did. And I think there are many people along the way who told me to do that. I've gotten that feedback in presentations at work. Like, when you're on, you're on. When you start to over-explain or doubt yourself for a second – 
that's when you lose the thread. But you can do it. Get in the mode. It's very fake it till you make it. Liza, I feel like it's almost like what you're talking about, not fake it till you make it. It's like believe it and say the facts of what you're doing until you believe them yourself, you know? Yeah. Because it's not even faking it to your point about me, about you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm about to quote Brene Brown. You ready? Yeah. You want to <laughs> – it's so fucking <laughs> stupid. But she has a mantra about that she, she says to herself that's – I'm going to fuck it up probably, but it's like don't puff yourself up. Don't shrink yourself down. Just hold your sacred ground. And like I've been trying to think about that too because I also have the tendency to go into things where I feel insecure and puff myself up and be like, I'm here. I can be here. I, I like have us. I deserve my place here. And and like I, you know, and that's not great either. It's just not yeah. necessary. Because so like, yeah. yeah. But it comes into play a lot, I think, in dating because there is like interviewee aspects about it. And it is like you explaining your you know, a first date, it's like your job and your career and your life path is going to get explained a little bit. Yeah. And there tends to be like a narrative around that. Yeah. And I think for me, the I'm specifically when we started this podcast and I was going on dates, I had deep insecurity about what I did. That So sometimes I, I might have downplayed it, but I also knew I was, you know, applying to business school. And I also had this weird feeling as much as I also thought some men would not be that down with like oh you're going to business school I had this other alternate thought not super associated with this article but I think the first anecdote is kind of related that Hannah tells I thought I needed to like have I I sometimes leaned into with certain people with certain things in their background uh, discussing that I was tailoring like what I literally did and was hoping to do to who I was on a date with but I was. And with some men, I felt like that was like, you know, a way to attract them. Like I am, I'm a boss woman. Like I'm doing things. I'm, I'm going to get my MBA. But I think that like, again, then the way things went in my life, I didn't date, you know, during school or, or after. I feel like there's like a threshold to that. There's like an mm. uh, there's like a level to which that is attractive with a woman to certain men, and then there's a level at which they get competitive, and it's no longer the same. Totally, Do you know what I mean, it's a hundred percent not super yeah. articulate tonight. Not having podcasted in like a month makes it hard, but basically this might help. Okay, this is the second paragraph of Hannah's article. So, for example, last winter. I matched with a tech entrepreneur on Hinge. He mentioned he recently sold his company. I complimented his work, which seemed impressive, and asked a question about it. Did I see you wrote a book, he asked. My profile is my job as author. I replied, I've written a few. His response, wow, you didn't have to flex on me that hard, winky face. It wasn't a flex, just a fact. And Hannah's an incredibly successful author who's written, I think now, four books, five. Hannah, I apologize if that's not correct. It is – she is so, so impressive productive. and she's so she young. Like, yeah. She, like – she's just – is always, like, writing. It, 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 she blows my mind. She talks about, like, the enthusiasm for her leather pants that she was wearing when they're on a date versus, like, the enthusiasm for her career. And I feel like we've 
it's a really fine line. And again, I'm not like ambitious or powerful enough. I haven't written books to have fully encountered it. But also, fuck that. I should probably not talk down like that to myself. Correct. Like we, whether you're dating or in a relationship or talking to your family, it's just really important to think about ambition, goals, career as not something to ever be ashamed of. No matter what stage you're at, I feel like. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and it's funny because I'm going to read this this quote from the article because I think this really gets to the heart of it. Um, so Hannah writes, I believe most of these men have good intentions and, intentions and don't know how they're coming across. They seem genuinely attracted to ambitious women's passion, energy, drive, competitive spirit, and intellect. Mm-hmm. Ask any of them, and I bet they tell you they want an equal partner a wife who works, a woman who can hold her own financially. But all that's easy to say and harder to live with. In my experience, that ambitious spark is alluring only up to a point, and then it can make that men feel insecure, as if there's only room for one ambitious person in a relationship. The traditional gender roles dictate it has to be them. And that's, I think, the hardest part of, like, dating in this moment of time, and that is that all of these men have been brought up being told, like, you should have an equal partner. You should want an equal partner. You should like go into your relationship as equals. But they haven't been taught the skills to understand what what their insecurity is. They haven't been taught to understand their feelings. They haven't been taught to talk about their feelings. It's like they got half of the piece of the puzzle and not the other half. And it's it's turning I mean this is very much based on nothing this is like I don't know this is this is my theory and it is a theory but it's like until men can understand to process their own insecurities and deal with their feelings and communicate healthily with other people and talk about their feelings and share intimate feelings with friends and with their partners like of course their insecurities are going to like bubble not of course but their insecurities are going to keep bubbling up and affecting their relationships and it's very frustrating to date I have dated men who yeah they like want all these things in theory but in practice when I'm like I can't go to this thing I have to work there's like feelings and drama and butthurt hurtedness and you know it's it's very very frustrating and confusing it is and in this article you know towards the end again please read it Hannah talks about how not all men, not all men, but truly not all men she's dated have felt this way. She's felt supported, but it's just the amount to who react one way to ambition and the amount who are supportive of it and the, the ratios off, right? Like I think broadly speaking, again, totally generalizing, but women, you know, it's it's more – Socially acceptable, you know, if we even go back 50 years, for, obviously you're championing, you're championing your successful husband. So it's just, it feels so important to remember that there's still this undercurrent happening where it's, it, it can almost get competitive and you can't have that. I would happily be the breadwinner in my relationship. If I you know. literally, the only thing Jeff wants in the world is for me to become a successful filmmaker and for him to stop working. It's his, yeah. it's his, it's like his dearest dream. He just wants to roll around in the woods, like fixing stuff and being a weird little creature. 
Yeah. But it's also like I dated people who truly like I remember I dated somebody who whenever I had to like not hang out with him because I had either like a creative you know it was when we were like making web series and doing Mm -hmm. whatever and there was like serious feelings when I wasn't available to him because I was pursuing something I was passionate about and it wasn't like gnarly it wasn't like I walked away and was like I'm in a problematic relationship I still don't think it was problematic I just don't think he liked that I had a creative life that didn't involve him yep it you know it's just like it's very I don't know there's something very like strange about that the fact that that dynamic is still a goddamn thing yeah and here's the thing like even so Hannah posted on Instagram like the insane you know an insane email she got a very long email uh I used to get them working under Hannah as just a writer she was my editor like writing freelance articles and I would have people seek me out on Facebook and tell me to kill myself just be for suggesting that men you know shouldn't be like touch you at a bar as a flirting way because there are other ways you know things like that this is you know very different but even in quick scan of the comments which we won't get into it's like and what she posted and she's like I find this you know entertaining and that's why she is so good at what she does but I'm just like wow it's so sensitive that even talking about this having a great article about this gets people being like well maybe she's too focused on her career or whatever the f it is that we get you know it's like absolutely not the insecurity and the competition that one gender feels way more than the other gender in the world we live in today is just it's it's counterproductive to any goal that person wants to achieve so basically the the email Hannah posted he also at the end was like I want to be a writer though and I want to write a book and almost asking her for help if I'm remembering correctly and it's like dude like why we it happens with friends and jealousy in careers too you know Eliza and I when we tried to be you know well Eliza's still being a creative but when we tried to be actors shh don't tell anyone um, oh my god <laughs> it was like you would feel jealousy and lol that would be like you were on a Discovery ID show. God damn it. But I could see, you know, for other people who actually come up in the world, it's like, you know, you may, you did this, you did that. You will, or anything. If jealousy is your dominant feeling and it's okay to still feel jealous, that's human. But if you can't support your friends in anything, babies, weddings, it, random, you know, articles you read on the internet, if you can't support that author and like really like listen, you're just harming yourself and what you want to achieve and totally oh god and anyway. I don't think it's like I think it, it's not an accident that this person who wrote to Hannah wants to be a writer because someone who who reaches out like what we're what we judge in others are is just shit we judge about ourselves most of the time you know so it's someone who's like you're focusing too much on your career you're doing it wrong you're blah blah, blah. also I want to be a writer how do I do it it's like if you want to be a writer, you should go and write and stop emailing criticisms to people on the internet. Yeah. You know, and like, I think this is a good reminder about dating and just like life in general. Like, h- haters gonna hate. You know what I, it's just one of those yeah. things where it's like people who have feelings or opinions about what you're doing that are negative, it's more about them than you. Mm-hmm. You know, unless you're like a serial killer or you're like causing harm, emotional or physical to other people. When that is about you. But if you're like just a a pretty good person living your life pretty well, 
and someone has a lot of judgments on you, that is about them. 100%. And it's hard to remember, but it's time. Impossible. And then I'll – it's so funny because I will then be judgy of someone. And this is a great – this is a great thing I really love about my partner. He does not have fun judging or talking shit. And when we first started dating, I really hated it. And sometimes they still do really hate it because I'm like, I just need you to talk shit with me. I have said this before on the podcast, but it comes up a lot Mm -hmm. where I'm like, I'm annoyed at this person and I need you to be annoyed too. And he's always like, well, why do you think you're annoyed? And I'm like, fuck you, whatever. But it's true. Like because of that, because now I don't have the outlet of shit talking or judging someone in a way that's satisfying. I now I'm like, why do I feel this about this person? Oh, it's because I don't think that I'm doing enough in like this realm of my life. You know, it's like some people just suck. Yeah, that's true. And then there's a couple people who just fucking suck. And this is why friendship is important because then I call Kimmy and I'm like, hey, can I talk shit about this person who like just fucking sucks? You can always talk shit to me. This is not just this is like not just to Liza. This is to all of you. You can always talk shit to me. Oh, I love it. It's my favorite. It really does relieve tension. Also, so I'm being a huge hypocrite right now. I mean, we're not being Putin, so (laughs) we're not. That's true. It's a little more innocent than that. Hannah, congrats on this amazing article. Liza, should we wrap it up with some of these wild tweets um, from at Soho Satan? So this 100%. is a Twitter thread that went viral. Oh, it's from March 16th. Oops. We like put things in our little our little bucket and then we don't record. Cool. Uh, v is Soho Satan wrote, obsessed with hearing strange things men do on dates. My friend's date last night ate her entire sushi roll while she was in the bathroom. So... Then everyone went off in the replies, and we're going to read some, and we have not curated them. So, Liza, should we just kind of scroll Let's do through? It. I do have to find my it. favorite. I'm sure it's still near the top. There are some amazing ones. Um, cool, cool. I'm going to just read this one. I don't know what I'm reading, but it has a bunch of likes. One time I ate something I didn't like, texture thing, and the guy had me spit it out into his hand and then ate it. He said he would have had me mama bird him, but it was our first date and he didn't want to freak me out. Then he took his entire shirt off in the restaurant to show the waitress his new tattoos. Oh, I feel like we've heard that story from all of you. Sorry. I should have curated more. Okay. Going, Not at all. The going. one I want to find is, oh my god, I'm just trying to find this one that was my favorite ever. Um... Guy took me on a date to the aquarium. I'm just covering while you look. Guy took me on the date to the aquarium once, and the whole time he kept saying how stupid fish are and how angry they make him. So I asked him why he would bring me here on a date, and I kid you not, he said, I just wanted to make sure you knew how stupid I think fish are. I feel like Carlin would enjoy that. I feel like that's something that Carlin would do and be like, I just wanted him to know that I thought thought fish were stupid. All right. Let me find more. I yeah, can't find the one. Time. Okay, the one that I that I wanted to find was the one where he put it, her boob in, in his mouth. Did you read that? Oh, one? I just scrolled past that. Yep. Said he was 5'11 on hinge and pulled up a strong 5'7. When I went to hug him goodbye, he pulled my sweater up and popped my whole titty in his mouth. Crying face, crying face, crying face. Is that the one? Or is there another like, titty mouth? <laughs> in it, No, that's the one. Insane. Can you imagine just like, No. It's an assault. It's assault. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Cannot. Ooh, ooh, baby. I should have curated. No, I love it. I think that's perfect. Everyone go check out this thread. I'll post it in. I'll post the link in the in the um, 
description box below. I feel like what's fun about it is exactly why we started this podcast. It's a bunch of people being like, hey, I have a crazy date story. It's funny. Like everybody has experienced something that is just beyond reason on a date. So if you have a story like that, you should email us. Yeah, we'll read them out loud. Not this Twitter stuff where we just, you know, say. Anyway, Uh, friends, thank you so much for being patient with us during this this tough time and for listening and for existing and for all of the wonderful things you bring into the world. We love you. We love you. Do it. Did I miss anything, Kimmy? No, we're going to try to get in a recording next week. Liza batch week. So let us know what you want to hear. We're back. Email us. I'm just saying we're sorry. We're back. Give us some, you know what? If you're listening right now, you are so dedicated. Whatever you want us to talk about, I promise you that we will, because you earned it. So if you made it this far, say, say, you said Dana. whatever we want to talk about. I get just, just find a way to let us know that you made it this far, and we will talk about whatever you want us to talk about. And we love you guys. And go on a date. Go on a date.